This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Welcome to Holocron Histories, Star Wars canon versus legends. We're going to take a deep dive into the lore of the Star Wars universe. Well, hello and welcome to the Holocron Histories podcast, where we discuss all things legends and canon regarding the Star Wars universe. I am one of your hosts, uh, Teacup, also known as Austin. And I am Ben of Tamaria. And we are back at it. Last week we had our patron chat and we are back this week to continue with our discussion of the various factions, entities, governments of the Star Wars universe. And so, Ben, what do we got today? So today we have the most well-known one next to, you know, the Galactic Republic. We have the Galactic Empire. So everybody knows the Galactic Empire from day one of Star Wars. They're the main antagonists, you could say. At least the antagonists are part of it. Um, so yeah, that's what we got. I mean, and then after this, we're going to get more into the smaller factions. This is the last big one we're really going to get into. So as far as legends goes, um, and hopefully, I mean, there's a lot of info, so I'm going to try and get through this a lot quicker than the last time we did a faction episode. (laughs) Um, and a lot of us does go into canon too, which is good. Uh, the Empire was said to have begun with the scheming, uh, aspiration of the Sith Lord Dark Sidious, uh, known as his alter ego as Senator Palpatine Naboo. He was inspired by the resurrected Sith Empire, which dominated the galaxy over three millennium earlier. So, that Sith Empire being Darth Bane's, if I recall, right? Um... Maybe? Maybe? Might have been... It might have been Baines? I can't remember on the top of my head. Um... But, and then, uh... So, no, that is not... No, it's not Bane. It's not Bane. Whose was it? It's referring... It's referring to the, the, like, Sith Empire following... Following the hyper, great hyperspace war. Oh, okay. Um, but I would say that, like, you bring up an interesting point right away. Because I would argue that the Galactic Empire in its, like, start and ideology begins with Darth Bane. Yeah. Because, um, you know, the rule of two. <laughs> right. And he sets that up. And, like, when you read the Bane novels not going to get too spoilerly but when you read them you really understand that like this whole idea that bang gets at is so that what palpatine wants to happen will happen like that is the end goal of the rule of two so i would argue i would argue that it begins with bang probably you could probably also argue that it begins with plagius um or Plagueis. Uh, Pelagius is a medieval theologian who <laughs> and heretic. Um, but Plagueis is a Sith Lord. Um, so yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I can agree with that. It, it does really start with Bane more than just the Sith Empire as a whole prior. Um, so in 24 BBY, so this is during the Clone Wars, uh, Dooku helped found the Confederacy and Independent Systems, which we talked about earlier, uh, formation of the Separatist Council, led again by Newt Gunray, on Rexus Prime, igniting the Separatist Crisis. Palpatine, at the end of his second term, was allowed to stay in power until the crisis resolved, which eventually led to the Clone Wars, which started the bat- first battle of Geonosis in 22 uh, BBY. At the beginning of the Clone Wars, Palpatine was an efficient and effective leader, um, who quickly brought to an end of the corruption of the Senate. His authority would greatly increased, even more so uh, than at the start of the Separatist Crisis, via acting Senator Jar Jar Binks, while Senate, as the Senate willingly for, uh, furnished, as they gave him more emergency powers to him. So, if you listen to our Patreon chat last week, <laughs> we do talk about Darth Jar Jar. Which this kind of kind of can go into that, <laughs> but not going to get into that, right? And it's a point of like Palpatine just keeps kind of creating reasons of why he needs to stay in power, mm-hmm. whether or not those are fabricated in like the actual Clone Wars. Um, there's a Clone Wars episode arc where they're losing traction for the war in the Galactic Senate. Um, Kind of like that, like Bail Organa and Padme and all these other senators are pushing for, like, let's seek a peaceful resolution. Let's seek something out. And basically, Palpatine and Dooku say, well, we can't have that. So Palpatine basically allows a terrorist attack on Coruscant to basically scare the senators into funding more of the war and his power. Was that the Cad Bane episodes? Uh, no, because Cad Bane, he kids, he takes the Senate building hostage okay, in order to also. free Zero the Hut. He's oh, hired by the Huts right. to do that. Um, okay. But yeah, so there's a whole thing Coruscant has so with many that. <laughs> so many um, that's the one where they have, that. I distinctly remember this because they looked so unique. They have like the cleaning droids that turn into the bombs. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, now I know what you're talking about. Yeah. That's yeah, what it is. But, like, that's... Very unique droids. Yeah. That's what Palpatine does. He gets all this power, and he keeps increasing situations that keep him in power. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. And he would continue, probably, to do that until he kind of solidifies his role as Galactic Emperor. Yeah. That he does. And he does, because we see it. <laughs> so, and then, uh, how, uh, so after the death of Count Dooku, abo- uh, um, on board the Invisible Hand above Coruscant, um, and the death of General Grievous on Utapau, Anakin Skywalker discovered that Palpatine was the Sith Lord, That and after informing Jedi Master Mace Windu of his discovery, a Jedi task force led by Windu himself attempted to arrest him. After a brief duel, Palpatine appeared to be defeated. Skywalker arrived. And you know what happens. This is episode three where, you know, Anakin comes in. I need him. And then throws, cuts off Mace's hand. And then Sidious or Palpatine force lightnings him out the window. And then that's the birth of Vader. 
Uh, Palpatine then proceeded to carry out the Great Jedi Purge, including the Massacre of the Jedi Temple itself, which eliminated almost all the Jedi, while simultaneously wiping out all the leaders of the Confederacy on Mustafar, including the Separatist Council, Representative Newt Gunray, who was Anakin's last victim. The Separatist was reduced to a shadow of its former selves, thus beginning bringing an end to the Clone Wars. And then, um, securing his new power and position, Palpatine used the so-called Jedi Rebellion to issue the Declaration of a New Order and declared declared himself Emperor of the Galaxy in 19 BBY, replacing the Galactic Republic with the Galactic Empire. Likewise, Palpatine vowed that his newly formed empire would reign with 10,000 years of peace. And obviously that does not happen. <laughs> Within no, this 19 years. This might be the like shortest lived faction or government in the galactic history. Now that you say that, I've pretty yeah, I'm pretty sure you're right. Because the infinite empire lasted for centuries, if not millennia. Mm-hmm. And the Galactic, the Galactic Republic Empire. was 20,000, 20, 25,000, 20 years or something like that. It's like 25,000. Even probably even more because maybe not. I think there's a scene in KOTOR where basically she, Bastila says something like the Republic is 10,000 years old or something like that. I don't know. Shorter than the First Order. Um, yeah, because the I would say, oh no, we don't know when the first order started. Well, the Did first we? order, I'm very confused on the first order's like presence because they have a leader, but they're not a government. True, it's just like a, the ruling, it's just a military faction. Yeah, the ruling government of the time is the New Republic mm-hmm. for whatever short time that might be shorter than the the New Republic might be shorter than the Galactic Empire. But no, I would say the yeah. New Republic's longer because you have that thirty-year gap between uh, six and seven. That's true. Um, um, let's see, because the New Republic BBY is when Luke and Leia are born, mm-hmm. and the Empire. F- well, we'll get to it actually with the fall of the Empire. So <laughs> let's continue. Yeah. Um, many people in the, uh, under the Empire uh, supported the vision outlined in the Declaration of the New Order, largely due to the uh, violence that had plagued the galaxy for so long. Many senators wholeheartedly supported the new government, while a number of more cautious senators chose to watch and wait to see how the new government would handle the affairs of state. In retrospect, the foundation of the Empire had already been uh, set down during Palpatine's chancellorship and all petitional threats eliminated. Therefore, the transition from Republic to Empire was relatively smooth. And I know we're talking about canon or legends right now. In canon, if you ever watch The Bad Batch, it's an instant transition from the Republic to the Empire. Almost instantaneously. Literally, it was like a, maybe a couple of days, and then there's hollow news. It's like, hey, you can return, you can exchange your Republic credits for Empire credits. 
Yeah, and it has to do with like what we talked about about Palpatine, you know, solidifying power to the point that like him changing it to the Galactic Empire is nothing more than really like changing what's on the letterhead of official documents. Yep. He already has all the power to make all these decisions. Um, in fact, you know, there's the big line in, and we'll probably get to this in the beginning of A New Hope, where there are, Tarkin's basically like, oh, the Emperor just said, I'm done with the Senate. And that's the yeah. end. Yep. No more Senate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and then it is important to know, not that. Not all senators liked what they saw shortly before they started the Clone Wars in 2022 BBY. The Loyalist Committee was formed by more Democratic senators. Uh, By the eve of the Empire, near the end of the Clone Wars in 19 BBY, the Loyalist Committee was uh, reorganized into the Petition of 2000, who sought to bring the worries of these senators uh, to Palpatine, the petition was led by Bail Organa, Mon Matha, and Padme Almadala. Al- oh gosh, I can't talk. Palpatine's uh, dismissal to their concerns was one factor that led Organa and Mothma to help the and found the Alliance to restore the Republic. So. And, and we're not going to really go much into the Rebellion or even the um first order or the resistance because they're everybody knows they're rebelling you kind of see that and then the first order and the resistance are so new they're still adding more to that even though they kind of stopped but you can see mon motha or bail organa and padme were all basically the founders of the rebel alliance before there was ever needed a rebel alliance right and if you're watching all your Star Wars on Disney Plus, all the deleted scenes are on Disney Plus. Like you can go into all the movies and watch the deleted scenes, even like the old ones, like the original trilogy. You can watch some of their deleted scenes, which is just funny. But in Revenge of the Sith, there is a cut deleted scene of a meeting between Padme, Mon Mothma, Bail Organa, and a couple other senators basically discussing this. And it is the beginning of the rebellion. Um, it's a really great scene. You should go in and watch it where it just gives a little broader context, especially considering like it's like really close to the scene where Padme basically asks Anakin, like, do you ever think we're on the wrong side? Mm. Yeah. Um, and feeling that like it's just gives a bigger context to the movie, but it's basically that like this loyalist committee and restoration to restore the Republic, which will eventually become the rebel Alliance. Yep. So um, now we get to, that was the origins. Now we get into the imperialization. So with the rise of the empire, all the institutions, the old Republic found themselves either dismantled or modified beyond recognition. There was a riot in renaming all these things Imperial to glorify the new Emperor. Overnight, the Coruscant sector was renamed into the Imperial sector. Coruscant itself was renamed the Imperial City or Imperial Center. And the Galactic City was renamed the Imperial City. The Galactic Senate became the Imperial Senate. The Grand Army of the Republic became the Imperial Army uh, with clone troopers. So they did use clones for a little, uh, for a short while. 
uh, which made up majority of the galactic armed or the galactic G-A-R. I can't remember what that was. Um, Grand Army of the Republic. Grand, oh, acronyms. <laughs> uh, reorganized the Stormtrooper uh, Corps and the Republic Navy to become the uh, Imperial Navy. So literally overnight, they just changed all the names. It's like, we're going to be Imperial now. Right. And so one thing that's different from Legends and Canon that they've kind of moved and kind of changed a little bit is that in the old legends, the clone troopers were never really phased out. Mm-hmm. They just kind of died out because they aged quickly. So like by the time of like you see in Rebels, Rex is kind of like an old man and he looks older than Boba Fett, who is also a clone. That's because the army has accelerated aging so they could breed troops faster. Yep. Boba um, was the non Uh, modified clone Mm -hmm. and so they just age out at that point with in the old legends in fact you and you hear about this mainly in the original battlefront 2 game from 2005 where they basically it's one of my favorite things because it's just so funny and you can tell like that george lucas writing had this in there it's their talk about like the Empire, the Republic changed into the Empire, and it's like, uh, we got shiny new armor. And I always remember just the clone voice saying shiny new armor of the Stormtrooper <laughs> armor. Um, but yeah, and so they kind of phase out, and basically, it's so funny because in the thing, they say that the Empire went away from an all-clone army because Palpatine felt like it stinked of corruption. Hmm. Interesting. Which he didn't care about corruption. I guess it was just a, you know, appearance thing. But yeah, so I think that's interesting. Whereas in canon, which we might get to, the clone troopers are like decommissioned. They're basically Mm -hmm. removed in favor of, you know, a variety of soldiers, of recruits and conscriptions and lots of things. Yep. So Which I hope oh. we see more kind of that process in the next season of The Bad Batch. Yes, I'm excited for that. But uh, let's get back into Legends. I still have a lot. Um, so they do rename all the um, intelligence bureaus to... The Imperial Intelligence, um, just like how they renamed everything else overnight. Uh, Palpatine consolidated his power by launching purges against his opponents, most notably the Old Republic officers whom had not been able to uh, to be seduced to his side. Any officers who were held anti-Imperial uh, sentiments uh, were arrested and executed by Admiral Mullen under Palpatine's orders. Uh, Palpatine's first purge of the naval Imperial Navy occurred while within two weeks of his emperor's uh, empire's rule. And then, during the first few years of the empire, the galaxy saw a single largest military buildup in history. A permanent class of moths and regional governors were established to more efficiently govern individual sectors and regions of the empire. 
popular support for the policies of Palpatine's administration was high. In addition, the Empire was also pursued a uh, reconquest of the Middle and Outer Rims of the galaxy, which included getting rid of any and all remaining Separatist influence. Ugh. And then, nonetheless, uh, many members of the Imperial Navy or military were unhappy about Palpatine's plan for imperialization. One Imperial officer in particular, the headmaster of the Imperial Academy, uh, Gentis, who lost all but one of his sons to Palpatine's warmongering ways during the imperialization effort, formed a military coup against Palpatine and poisoned him with, poisoned him with Arth Six. Which, uh, as a means to bring peace to the Empire, something he realized that Palpatine would never pursue, the coup, while initially successful, ultimately failed. So, they tried to po- poison Palpatine, but didn't work. Cause... If only he succeeded. <laughs> right. <laughs> they don't want to be as bad. You just have a Darth Vader to deal with. Right, but I wonder what, like, I guess... With Palpatine gone, I guess Yoda and Obi-Wan would be like, well, we can handle Vader. <laughs> right? It's like, oh, it's just Vader. It's fine. We can take down that broken Jedi half-robot. It's fine. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> so, uh, let's see. Okay, I'm going to try and fly through this. So we get to the dark times. Uh, as this process unfolded, the Emperor saw the respected uh, Kamas, Kamasi as a threat to his uh, new order. So he ordered the devastation of their home planet, uh, Kamas, a group of the uh, Bothans infil- infil- infiltrators. Uh, responsible for sabotaging Kamasa's shield generators, leaving the planet vulnerable to Imperial Orbital Bombing. So, this empire also bombed a planet, just like how the Sith Empire bombed Terrace. If you ever play KOTOR 1, it's not fun. And then in 18 BBY, the Emperor constructed the huge asteroid-shaped superweapon Eye of Palpatine in order to use the uh, used to destroy a Jedi enclave on Belsavis. However, the deadly superweapon was sabotaged by two Jedi Knights, and the Jedi on Belsavis managed to escape. That I did not know. I did not know he had a superweapon before the Death Star. Yeah, he just really cannot let the superweapon thing go. No. Tries once. Oh, it, it didn't work. Oh, we'll try again, but make it bigger. Because <laughs> this one was asteroid size. It wasn't moon right. size. Uh, many Jedi also rebelled against Palpatine's regime. Oli Starstone was in a, uh, a group of Order 66 Jedi survivors, along with Ronan Shireen. Attempted to reestablish Jedi Council, but were unsuccessful. The group fled to Kashyyyk. Uh, to find out any Jedi survived there, but the Empire launched a uh, massive takeover on the planet. Darth Vader killed Roan Shreen and some of the Jedi, with Starstone barely escaping with her life. In which, anybody remembers? Ye. Oh, no, go ahead. I'm My pretty sure question. this is the uh, the start of Force Unleashed, I'm pretty sure. I think you're right, and I'm pretty sure... Let me look. Because I think Ronan... No. 
Um, Star Killer's original name is uh, starts with a G. It's Galen Merrick. Galen Merrick, his, yeah. Uh, is his, his real name. name. And then um, a Wookiee among them named Chewbacca fled to the city uh, to find his family. Meanwhile, uh, Firas Olin along with these friends including Jedi Master Solus, caused much havoc on the Imperial-controlled planets, including a rebellion on the planet of Belasa. Uh, the two Jedi uh, break in of the destroyed Jedi Temple on Coruscant and the destruction of the Imperial Garrison and Weapon Munition Center on Naboo. Um, and then we get to, in one BBY, the Emperor and Vader were at the targets of an attempted coup of a group of treacherous Imperial officers led by Grand Moff, uh, Tracha? I think that's how you say it. Uh, Tracta saw the Sith as foolish in, um, well, they saw him foolish and, I think, archaic, uh, and believed that they believed the Empire should be ruled by a two-man, should not be ruled by a two-man cult. They planned to use the batch of Ultra Stormtroopers war only to them to destroy the two Sith Lords. However, their plot failed, in part because the internal fighting between the two co-conspirators. Go figure. Yeah, if only they succeeded. Yeah. All these plans to take, like, to wipe out the Empire, and it just, they all just fell flat. So, uh, I'll try and skim through the resistance to the Imperial rule, because this is where we're going to get to, like, New Hope and the original trilogy. And to BBY, after the true nature of the Empire became clear, three of the most influential senators, Bail Organa of Alderaan, Garm Bell Iblis of Corellia, and Mon Matha of Trindilla. Trindrilla? Along with others, were the brink of starting a great rebellion against the Empire to lure the dissidents out of hiding the Emperor, and Darth Vader had Galen Merrick, Vader's secret Sith apprentice, rally the rebels, brought together by him, and they met in secret on Corellia and signed the Corellian Trilogy Treaty. This officially formed the Alliance to Restore the Republic, and more commonly known as the Rebel Alliance. So, in Legends... Starkiller, as we know as Galen Merrick, is technically the founder of the uh, Rebel Alliance with all these senators. Right. Um, he's the one who gathers them initially on Vader's orders and then kind of realizes that they're right. Um, yep. Through lots of things about that. And fun fact, his family crest is the uh, Rebel Alliance emblem and legends. Mm, that's interesting. Which is makes sense because it's kind of a play on the Jedi crest a lot. It's like simpler and wider. Mm -hmm. But so I guess that makes sense. So I'm going to skip through some of this. Do, 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 do. A key instrument in the enforcement of the doctrine of this. Uh, let's see what doctrine was it? The Tarkin doctrine. Um, so as the threat of the rebellion allowed Palpatine doors the uh, Tarkin Doctrine to rule by fear of force rather than force itself, if anything, Palpatine welcomed the formation of the fledging Rebel Alliance as a legitimate excuse to remove the last vestiges of the Republic and tighten the grip on the galaxy. So he let them spry up just so he could put fear 
basically the fear of into the universe of everybody. Right. And I think this is the Palpatine tactic because he spent all this time gathering his power based on the necessity of war. And he left the Senate in charge for whatever reason, because probably because he thought if he changed too much too quickly, it wouldn't work for him. Mm -hmm. But then he gets this new conflict and his gears start turning. He's like, well, I can use this to like solidify more power in all of this. And that's what he does, which is probably why the rebellion isn't wiped out right away. Yeah. Yeah, his own hubris and pride in thinking, oh, well, they'll never be strong enough to take me down. A lot. It's his downfall. So then a key instrument uh, in the enforcement of the doctrine was intended to be the Death Star, a moon-sized planet, a moon-sized space station with this firepower to at least destroy a planet with a single discharge of its powerful superweapon, which we all see in A New Hope. We see... It destroyed Alderaan, sadly. We do see it in Rogue uh, Rogue One, where we see a less powerful version of the Death Star laser literally wipe out Jeddah, the city of Jeddah, or a city on Jeddah. Jeddah's the planet. So now we get to the Fracturing and Warlord era. Um... The Empire, however, was too large to be destroyed in a single blow. For the next 15 years, the Rebels soon renamed the Alliance of the Free Planets and then the New Republic. So this is after Return of the Jedi. Fought to free the galaxy from the former Imperials, styling themselves as independent warlords as well as Imperial loyalists such as Thrawn and Yasein Stard. I think that's how you say that name. But this is where Thrawn comes in. Thrawn comes in after Return of the Jedi in Legends. Um, let's see here. Millie following, following the Imperial defeat at the Battle of Endor, Grand Vizsler sat Prestage. Siege control of the Empire, however, his lack of charisma, force powers, and terrifying presence that both Emperor Palpatine and Darth Vader used kept the Empire together. Um, yeah, his rule of the Empire did not last because he didn't have anything that Palpatine or Vader had. Now, let's be honest, if you see Vader face-to-face, you would be terrified. Um, yeah, and I think that there's certain Star Wars media, both very recently and not very recently, that confirms that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And then, uh, so now we're going to go into the Imperial Resurgence. Uh, the Galactic Empire had, um, for all purposes, created, see, or purposes ceased to exist by 8 ABY, so this is 8 years after the Battle of Yavin, uh, with what Imperial Loyalists remained continuing to lose ground until the return of Grand Admiral Thrawn, a military genius, the only non-human to climb the ranks of the Imperial Navy, and the last remaining Grand Admiral. So, as I said earlier, this Thrawn really takes control and comes into play in the Star Wars universe and Legends after Return. Um, Though, surprisingly enough, his reign did not last long, which is very surprising. 
Uh, and 10 ABY, the surviving members in the Imperial Ruling Council under Ars uh, Dangar's leadership gathered several uh, brilliant Imperial warlords to organize a military campaign into the Galactic Corps. The warlords were emboldened by the late Grand Admiral Thrawn's triumphs and accomplished against the New Republic, which Aura was still recovering from the devastating Thrawn campaign. Through, yeah, as I said, Thrawn retreated and didn't come out great. And then everybody else after him has just been... They go in power and then quickly descend or die. And here's the thing, like, Palpatine never thought that he would be dethroned. He never mm-hmm. worried about what would happen if he lost. I mean, he had some kind of contingency plans, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, but he didn't really ever really think that was going to happen. No. He thought that he would rule forever, and eventually there would be a new apprentice that would kill Darth Vader and reestablish the rule of two and keep that going. Mm-hmm. So, talking about Palpatine, now we get into the return of Palpatine. Somehow. Oh, wait, different. That's canon. <laughs> In 11 ABY, when it seemed the Empire would never return, the hopes were lost, and the New Republic would finally close in victory. Uh, in enigmatic figure took the title of emperor however this person was no new emperor for emperor palpatine had returned returning in flesh clone bodies imbued with the dead despot spirit he proceeded to rebuild his fallen empire and six years later finally regained the strength to again challenge the new republic oh whoa it's like we've seen this before (laughs) just better written yeah. Oops. <laughs> Did I say um, that? <laughs> this is also a point to make about this Palpatine, because I'm sure that everyone is picturing the Palpatine from Rise of Skywalker. But this Palpatine looked even younger than Clone Wars Palpatine. That's true. He did his, make himself a lot long, younger because mm-hmm. it was actual good clones. Right. And so, I mean, which makes sense. Like, Palpatine seizes control of the Kaminoan cloning facilities after the, the distant, like, after the Republic is over. Mm-hmm. And so he has access to all this cloning technology. It makes sense that he would have a clone mm-hmm. backed up. And so what's interesting is that he basically possesses this clone. Mm-hmm. So he has all his knowledge, but he like looks young and like attractive and not like a raisin shooting lightning. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, and then this, this is interesting. I didn't, some of this stuff I didn't even know. Uh, the emperor turned Jedi Knight Luke Skywalker to the dark side of the forest to serve as his new supreme commander of the Imperial forces, but Skywalker defected back to the new Republic uh, in the astromech droid R2-D2 programmed the Emperor's all-aspiring superweapons, the World Devastators, destroy each other during the first battle of Mon Calamari. So, interesting. Luke did fall to the dark side. Yeah, and you can read about that in the New Republic books of Legends. And kind of all of that going on with Luke turning to the dark side, which I think is interesting. I believe, not to be spoiler, but I believe it's Leia who brings him back. 
I believe so. Um, it's either I, Leia I, I or it's through some of it. It's either Leia or it's Mara Jade. It's one of them. Okay. But they bring basically his family has to bring him back. Um, and I can't remember exactly how Palpatine turns him to the dark side. It's kind of like a similar tactic that you kind of see in Return of the Jedi where it's like, oh, well, we'll just hurt everyone you love. Mm-hmm. So in the Battle of Pinnacle Base, Palpatine summoned a force storm to obliterate a new Republic fleet, Orbrain da Sucha V. However, Skywalker and his sister Leia Organa Solo used the force, causing the storm to annihilate Palpatine and his flagship, the Eclipse, Eclipse class dreadnought Eclipse. So, they were strong enough to take down a giant super weapon Star Destroyer. I expect nothing from the offspring of Anakin Skywalker and Padme Amidala. Fair enough. That is true. <laughs> so, and then... Uh, I guess we'll go into the uh, deaths and collapse of the Empire. Following Palpatine's final death, Kanor Jax seized the Imperial throne. However, the Imperial fleet was left... Uh, Rudderless, without orders of the Emperor, they retreated from the Core Worlds, and the Empire quickly crumbled. Not long after the New Republic had reclaimed Coruscant from the Dark Empire after its fall, the New Jedi Order was created by Luke Skywalker and the Jedi Praxium on Yavin 4, where he became the Order's first Grand Master. This had undone Palpatine's extermination of the Jedi Order that had begun the formation of the Empire in 19 BBY. And funny enough, that is where the Jedi Academy games come into place. Yes. Um, it's also noted to say that in the old canon, the Empire, in Legends, the Empire is still around like 30 years later. It just exists as a uh, different entity. Uh, it's first, it's called the Imperial Remnant which is like the remaining of the empire. And then it forms to like the galactic empire, which is kind of more in like a symbiotic, like peaceful relationship with the Republic, even though there's tension still there, but it never really goes away. Yeah. And reading and reading legends, you find out the empires is there way after Luke. Yes. Um, like and so basically, <laughs> well, it's interesting, and this is a little spoilery, but basically, so Han and Leia have three children, Anakin Solo, um, and then Jason and Jaina Solo, who are twins. Jaina marries a Imperial named Jagged Fell, who becomes like the Imperial head of state, and basically starts what's called the Fell Dynasty, which survives all the way to Darth Krayt, which is like centuries after Luke is dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cool. Mm-hmm. So, you want to take our break? Yeah, let's get that break going. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so welcome to the break of the show. And uh, this is where we talk about all things that don't have to do with the podcast. And, or they do have to do with the podcast. They don't have to do with the lore of Legends versus Canon. Uh, and this is a time that I remind you that we do have a Patreon. Uh, you can come find the link in the episode description or go on Patreon and find us there if you want to support us. There are different tiers with different benefits from just basically getting ad-free episodes all the way to coming up on the show with us and once a month talking about various topics. If you cannot support us financially, that's okay. There are other ways to support the show, and one of those is to leave ratings and reviews, uh, either on Apple or Spotify. And we do have a new review to read today. Oh, we do? Yes. I didn't even see that. Yeah. So this comes from the Vino Jedi, five stars, uh, an elegant podcast for a more civilized age. He says, as an expanded universe, now Legends fan, I'm so glad this podcast is on the air. Austin and Ben bring a ton of information from the from episode to episode and make it fun to listen to. The honor they show to what came before is refreshing and sets this podcast apart from other piles of Star Wars podcasts out there. I can't wait to tune into every episode this is the podcast you're looking for. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes. So thank you for that review. Awesome review. Yes. And like Austin said earlier, if you guys ever want to join us on the show, we just had our last patron. Last week was our pa- first patron chat. We went, and went over fan theories and all that. Uh, as far as I believe, we decided the next patron chat, we're going to be going and talking about the obi-wan series since the final episode will be that wednesday into that friday yeah it will i'll have to make sure i'm caught up because at some point in there i'm going to florida for galaxy's edge oh that's right you're taking a trip to batu yeah so i'll have to figure out if to make sure i'm caught up oh yeah are you guys staying at the resort dinner no we're staying off-site oh, okay well mm-hmm. i will let you know they added more merch like mm-hmm. recently I'm, I'm, this week it's too much of course they did of course <laughs> they did but all right let's get back into the show with canon mm-hmm. <laughs> all right now we're back <laughs> uh now we're going to go into the canon of the empire so, a lot of this will transfer over from Legends, because a lot of le- a lot of the Imperial stuff from Legends was in the original films. So, uh, early Foundations, obviously, it was based on the Sith Empire back uh, during the Old Republic's time period. So, this is like Old Republic, not like the Galactic Republic that we know. Um... Following the defeat of the Sith during the final war with the Jedi Order, or at least for at least a thousand years, the dominant governing body of the galaxy was the uh, Democratic Galactic Republic, which was governed by the Galactic Senate and led by an elected Supreme Chancellor. 
In the last decades of its existence, the Republic Senate became embroiled in bureaucracy, rendering it woefully ineffective of the governing body. Darth Sidious, the Dark Lord of the Sith, known publicly as Senator Sheev Palpatine of Naboo, privately um, laminated the declining state of the Senate, noting that it was that the Republic was not what it was once was. When yeah. you know he was pulling the strings the entire time, right? And I think this is a good. I meant to say this earlier, but, like, I really like how the language here talks about publicly known as, like, Sheev Palpatine, that, like, Sheev Palpatine is a mask that Darth Sidious puts on. Like, who mm-hmm. he really is is Darth Sidious. Uh, yeah. And, like, the personality of Palpatine, the Supreme Chancellor, of Sheev Palpatine is a persona. It's yeah. fake. It's, it's not real. No- none of that is real. hmm Yep. Uh, 13 years before the Republic's end as a democracy, Darth Sidious orchestrated the invasion of Boo by the Trade Federation in order to create a leadership crisis in the Senate. In the decade that followed, Sidious secretly manipulated galactic events to the extent that the war became inevitable. Uh, besides persuading a dead Jedi Master, uh, Sifo-Dyas, to create a secret clone army, he also tasked his Sith apprentice Darth Tyrannus, also known as Count Dooku, uh, with exacerbating, excuse me, pronouncing words today, uh, political tensions in the Republic and engineering a separatist crisis. So, yeah, he did all that, and we see that like we see it through the, you know the prequels. We see a lot of it through the Clone Wars, um, mainly through the Clone Wars because we get all that back end knowledge between two and three. Uh, and then for the birth of the new order, as the war neared its end in 19 BBY, the Jedi Order had grown skeptical about the Chancellor. After the accumulation of emergency power, he began to sus- they began to suspect that a plot to destroy the Jedi was close to fruition. The Jedi Council started discussing forcibly removing Palpatine from office and temporarily overseeing the Senate in order to remain political stability during the transition period. So this is during Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. Um, and, you know, during this, Sidious um, executed Order 66 uh, to purge the entire Jedi Order. Anakin then became known as Darth Vader as uh, Palpatine's apprentice. And a lot of things happened which we see in a lot of the new stuff, especially in Obi-Wan. If you watch the first episode, you know what I'm talking about. That first scene. <laughs> I need them to stop with that. Order 66. I need them to, I need them to stop <laughs> with opening series with Order 66. Yeah, I agree with that. It's, Between... it's just the same... We, we know what happens. It's just like Spider-Man. We know what happens to Uncle Ben. You don't need to explain right. it every single time. Same as Batman. Right. We, we know what happens. Right. We know why he's Batman. And it's just like between Bad Batch, Ahsoka, or not Ahsoka, but seven, Season 7 of Clone Wars, Jedi Fallen Order, the actual footage of Order 66 from the films. Yep. Can I we get on? a like, lot of it. Yeah, it's just... Yeah, it happens. <laughs> um, and then, so, despite their order being wiped out, certain Jedi survived to the initial purge. Many of them 
uh, went into hiding after Grandmaster Yoda and Master Obi-Wan Kenobi fought their way to the temple and transmitted a holographic message warning to the other Jedi about the Republic trap waiting for them there right before the two masters failed to destroy the Sith and headed to the exile themselves. Some of them, however, were initially hunted down and either killed, taken prisoner, or turned to the dark side. Part as part of the agency of dark side adepts known as Inquisitors. Shortly afterwards, Sidious turned his eyes to the Confederacy of Independent Systems and dispatched Darth Vader to wipe out New Gunray and his rest of his separatist government leaders on Mustafar following the Imperial Financial Arson Kreis, uh plunder the Trade Federation's count to fund the new Imperial government. So, yeah, they took all their money. Yeah, and this is something we didn't cover in Legends, but it happened. Um, Palpatine basically, in towards the end of the Clone Wars, he basically orchestrates an invasion of the banking clan and basically gets the banking clan under sole Republic rule. Mm-hmm. So that he can basically control the galaxy's finances. And once he brings the Trade Federation and the Trade Federation and the Commerce Guild into the fold of there, it's just not only does he have the political power of the galaxy, he now holds their economic system. Yeah. He thought of everything down mm-hmm. to the money. <laughs> Which, I mean, transit making a, a Galactic Republic into the Imperial. Uh, Galactic Empire, you kind of need a lot of capital for that. So, now we get to the imperialization of the canon. Uh, the existing governed bodies were all renamed to change the authority of the civil and military superstructure of the Old Republic. Uh, were overhauled immediately under the personal direction of the Emperor. So, they were all renamed Imperial, basically. In, additional, uh, in addition, the former... Rattle of the Republic was replaced with the new Imperial Crest, a dawn on almost everything having to do with Palpatine's empire. With every day that passed, Palpatine's hold of their galaxy grew tighter for the next decade and a half. Imperial rule, bolstered by the military created to fight the clone, uh, to fight in the Clone Wars, dominated the galaxy, and it was largely unchallenged. Happy for peace at the end of the fighting and rise of the Empire brought, the new uh, government welcomed by people uh, tired of the Clone Wars. On the planet of Pantora, citizens cheered as clone stormtroopers marched past them near the Imperial inf- Informational Station where a message played on uh, announcing personal chain not or chain codes and a new currency. So this is in um, Bad Batch, I believe, right? Yeah. After the, after the Separatist Droid Army was promptly shut down, its navy was dismantled uh, at location across the galaxy, such as the uh, Bringi shipyards. However, however, various droid models and t- Separatist technology, except Imperial um, operation, and managed to work their way onto the black market and many models taken from Separatist uh, frigates and destroyers, including pieces from Admiral Trek's warship, The Invincible. <clears throat> any Jedi survivors, uh, Sidious Purge, were systematically hunted down and killed either by Darth Vader or any of the Imper- em- Emperor's Inquisitors in the years that followed the, fo- uh, followed the rise of the New Order. When Zubon and Kornori... 
and his nest of uh, fellow Jedi were all found within the Jedi Shrine on uh, and not Enorat. Enorat. I think that's how you say that. Um, they were all forced and separated to flee, only to be tracked down and killed by an Inquisitor one by one. Within two decades, only a few known Jedi were still alive and in exile to avoid the Emperor's, Empire's wrath. And then, in order to draw any of the Jedi and the children capable of touching the Force, the Empire charged the Inquisitors with not only tracking the Order 66 survivors down, but also preventing Force-sensitive youth in the galaxy from becoming Jedi. Which we do see that in Rebels with the... Oh god, what, uh, the... Fifth brother and... Sixth sister? Seventh sister. I thought she's the sixth. Seventh was the one in uh, Fallen Order, I thought. Second. So. Second. There's the second. And... S- second and ninth are oh, on ninth. Fallen Order. Mm, um, that's where. The eighth me. brother, the fifth brother, the seventh sister, and the eighth brother are in Rebels. The sixth brother is in the Ahsoka novel. Mm-hmm. The third sister is in Kenobi. Yep. We haven't seen the fourth or the first. Well, the no, Grand Inquisitor. The fir- oh, the Grand Inquisitor is the first. Fir- I'm pretty sure the Grand Inquisitor is the first Inquisitor. Okay. Um, I think there are ten. I think there is a ninth brother. Oh, the ninth sister, and then I think there's a tenth somewhere. But yeah. I don't they, know. They still have yet to flush out the Inquisitors' like pecking order, really. Right. And I don't think we figured out there's the third Inquisitor in Kenobi. I don't think she got a number. Third. They straight up say third sister. That's that's Reva. Yeah. The other one. Oh, I thought that was the uh, seventh sister. It's hard for me to tell because it's so different. Obviously, that's the fifth brother. I'm pretty sure that's the seventh yeah. sister. I mean, I can't tell. Going for the, you can't tell from the animation they used to. She has yeah. now. I mean, Kenobi in Rebels is a four-year gap. Yeah, it's a four-year yeah, gap. Something like that. I have no idea. So we'll find. I'll, I'll we'll see. We'll, we'll find out. We'll probably find out in the series mm-hmm. anyway. Mm-hmm. Um. So then, uh, seeking uh, to make examples of worlds who continue to harbor. Uh, successionist tendencies, Moff Wilhelm Tarkin was assigned to make an example of Antar for a populous moon uh, that had been part of the Separatist Alliance and involved in a scheme involving Republic intelligence to train locals into well-armed resistance groups. So, that's cool. And then now we get to the Age of the Empire... At some point during the reign, the Empire undertook an expansion effort known simply as the Imperial Expansion. Uh, it it was during this time that they constructed a military installation on the volcanic world of Navarro. Which, Navarro is the planet in Mandalorian? Right? Is that Mandalorian? I think so. For me, it sounds way too much like Navarra, which is a country in Thetis, the world of Dragon Age. So that's all I can think of. <laughs> that's fair. Oh my god, there's so many names in the between Dragon Age, Assassin's Creed, and Star Wars that are so similar. 
Yep. Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then in total secrecy, the Empire took over the construction of Massive Battle Station with enough power firepower to destroy an entire planet, later known simply as the Death Star. That would have uh, formerly have been a separatist project engineered by Geonosian Archduke Poggle the Lesser, Hive's colony for Darth Tyrannus, uh, who was entrusted with the uh, project's plans for safekeeping throughout the Clone Wars with supplies coming from various planets and locations such as the Sentinel Base and Geonosis. As the uh, Galactic Empire grew, Palpatine moved closer to his ultimate plan of ruling the entire galaxy and locking the secrets of the Sith Masters who had come before him. With the near extermination of the Jedi Order and the Empire's fallen in power and strength, the Emperor ultimately planned to possess the powers of the Dark Side to reshape reality itself into something of his own creation, and the Omnipotent Empire would allow all the galaxy's inhabitants to be held in his dark embrace. Which we kind of get that a little bit in Rebels season. Is that season four? With the world between worlds? Yeah. Yeah. Which is why he would probably want that because it. I think there's more to the world between worlds other than it's like time travel mm-hmm. capabilities. Well, I think there's a lot more influence it can have. All. F- I wouldn't say. I guess it would be time travel. Everything connects past, present, future is all connected within that world. Yeah, it, it's still a mystery. <laughs> I am not the biggest fan of the world between worlds because at this point, like, if you're going to save Ahsoka, like, at that point, why not just try to go back and stop Anakin from betraying Mace Windu? Like, Mm-hmm. At what point are you going to say, oh, well, let's, this is enough. Like, That's fair. And then, let's see here. Major turning point against the Empire's advance into the Outer Rim occurred on 11 BBY. The Imperial forces, commanded by Captain Ray Sloan, engaging in a small skirmish in the vital rim, uh, into in the inner rim of the, of course. Uh, let's see. The Gorge conflict ultimately ended by transferring the local, uh, thirded mining operations to Imperial line, uh, a line of Baron Lero. Uh, Danth, while Sedula and Jarrus departed on heavily modified, uh, light freighter Ghost, uh, would become an essential and eventually formation of the Rebel Alliance. So, during the age of com- uh, during all these like different conflicts, um, Hera and Kanan were active on helping out other people. Being, I mean, they were smugglers. Think of Han and Chewie. That's what they did for a living. Uh, well, you know, Hera was kind of like you know secretly doing other things, being part of the Rebel Alliance. Um, they were both active. Um, yeah, and I think yeah. this is something that's a little different than Legends a little bit. Kind of Legends kind of has the rebellion like forming like almost right away and like always forming forming into this like centralized power. 
in canon, they start as all these little factions that aren't really even united until, uh, oh, what is the planet that the Death Star plans are on? Planet with Death Stars. With the Death Star plans. Oh, Scarif? Scarif until they until the battle of Scarif and that's when like the rebel alliance makes its stand really like the mm. end of rebels and the battle of Scarif the rebel alliance like boom we are the rebel alliance a force that is making a decision here yep um so meanwhile more and more worlds within the empire began to realize its true intentions after various massacres in Kashyyyk and increasingly brutal tactics such as the Empire committing genocide on Lassant, homeworld of Lassans, a growing member, number of the citizens of the galaxy began to rebel against imperial domination. In 14 BBY, various survivors of the Antor atrocity and other malcontents uh, joined together under the leadership of former Captain Birch Teller, who organized them into a rebel cell intent installing the development of the Emperor's newest weapon under construction at Geonosis, which we all know is the Death Star. I'm pretty sure. Yes, I believe so. Uh, after lengthy fleet re- uh, redeployments and the discovery of mole within the Imperial ranks, Tarkin aboard the Imperial class Star Destroyer ex- Extra Cricks? I don't know how you say that Star Destroyer's name. I think that's his main Star Destroyer, if I recall, too. Executrix. Uh, Executrix. Is how I would say, is how I would say it. Uh, managed to disable the Rebel warship and capture the uh, dissidents after a brief battle and timely arrival of Star Destroyers, complaint, complainant, and enforcer. God, their names for their Star Destroyers. Um, around 14 years uh, into Palpatine's role as Emperor, the Empire had begun its expansion in the Outer Rim. Worlds like uh, Jeluson saw occupation development leading to rampant uh, pollution and industrialization to support the Imperial War Machine. So now we get into the Galactic Civil War, which I'm starting to wrap this up. Uh, this is where, you know, we're going to get into Star Wars Rebels. And the original trilogy, Rogue One. Um, I would say Kenobi, but it's still being fleshed. Kenobi still is just now happening. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't really part of much anything yes. at the moment. Right. If you want the formation of kind of like, like the Rebellion and the Galactic Civil War, watch the seasons, all four seasons of Rebels, read the Ahsoka novel, all kinds of things like that. Um, mm-hmm. That'll help you understand. Even playing Jedi Fallen Order can help you with that. True. So, uh, the aggressive uh, dislocation of persons and high tax eventually led to a development of small and localized, uh, I'll bet, serious upheaval in 5 BBY against Imperial Authority on Lothal. Among these cells on Lothal were the Spectres who remained the ghost when rumor of discovery of Jairus' Jedi identity and his duty on leading the Spectres began to emerge. The Empire sent the Grand Inquisitor to drag him down. So this is where we're going to get into Rebels. As I said before, with Ezra, Kanan, Hera, and all of them. 
And then another time, a local insurgency was carried out by Guerrera uh, partisans on the desert moon of Jeddah in apparel procrutate in the ancient streets of Jeddah, uh, Jeddah city as part of their larger campaign against the uh, Galactic Empire unknown to many of them. Director Orson Krennic and Grand Moff Tarkin had decided to test the capability of the Empire's new superweapon equipped battle station, the Death Star, by firing a super laser at the city using a single reactor ignition. So instead of like eight or ten reactors, there's only one and it does it literally leveled an entire city. We see this in Rogue One. Um, in Zero BBY, a group of rebels led under the call sign Rogue One would capture the brilliant plans of the Death Star, which had just completed after nearly two decades on work of Scarif. So, we get that. Uh, however, they received support from the Alliance uh, fleet under Admiral Radis, who whose forces engaged in Imperial Star Destroyers above Scarif and aimed to destroy the Shield Gate. Rogue One was able to transmit the stolen plans to the fleet above, but by the order of Grand Moff Tarkin, uh, they, along with Director Orson Krennic, were eradicated by a low-powered blast from the arrived Death Star and destroyed the Citadel and surrounding area. And then we get into New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. That's, that's the Galactic Civil War, in a nutshell. Uh, then we get the fragmentation of the Order... Uh, with the destruction of the destruction of the Death Star and death of the Order's toleration rulers, um, many worlds across the galaxy began to celebrate the Empire's defeat over over Endor, with the incorrect notion the war was over. It was not fully shutting down all travel and communications into and out of Enerat sector. Governor Abrid uh, established the Iron Blockade and formed his own remnant faction. Citizens who dare to fight back and speak. Of so-called rumors of the Empire's defeat were hunted, de- hunted and eliminated by Commander Bra and his purge troopers. And then this is where we're going to get into the new Battlefront 2 from 2015. With the Empire fra- uh, fragmented, the Rebel Alliance embarked the numerous campaigns such as the Beltil Liberation and the Battle of uh, Kawa City to capitalize its stunning success over Endor, resulting in the numerous Imperial defeats. 20 days after Endor, the posthumous contingency plan a late emperor of the late emperor known as Operation Cinder was delivered to m- numerous Imperial captains by message droids. The operation consisted of coordinated attacks on strategic worlds affected, affiliated with the rebellion, which the emperor cons- considered a final act revenge against his enemies including his home world of naboo so if you play battlefront 2 in 2015 that is like the second or third mission you start doing yeah um, yeah yeah and then we get to the birth of the new republic eventually the galactic empire had a content uh contended with the new republic a rival galactic government formed in the wake of the rebellion's victory over endor suffering a a uh, string of defeats against the Republic, including loss of uh, Severcaros and Malastar, along with a failed attempt to restart the former Separatist droid foundries and Genosis, the Empire gradually began to crumble. With most of the Empire veteran troops killed on the second Death Star or Vader's command ship, the uh, Executor, um, military prop- uh, 
policy and tactical clumsiness soon hampered the Empire's efforts at a concentrated strike against the Republic. God, words. And then, there's still more? Well, we basically, to the Empire's end, they had the Battle of Jakku, and that is Mm -hmm. where really the events of where the Empire truly fell was over the Battle of Jakku, which you do play in Star Wars Battlefront 2 of 2015. And, then, and uh, it's like Ray is basically moving all around the remnants of that battle. Yes. Yep. And that's pretty much it in canon for the Galactic Empire. That was a lot. Yeah. Next and week shouldn't be that much. <laughs> no. The Galactic Empire, it's a big thing. It lasts a long time. There's a lot that happens in Legends that we didn't talk about that we'll probably do. We might do a Galactic Empire Revisited to talk about uh, their insurgents and like post, really the Imperial Remnant, post Thrawn, post the return of Palpatine. And how they become like a peaceful, quote unquote, Mm. peaceful group in the galaxy. But yeah, but that's the gist. Uh, they're the bad guys. Um, they don't really know what to do with Pal- when Palpatine dies. They don't know mm-hmm. what to do with their leader gone, especially with so much fear that Palpatine and Vader held. Yeah. Yeah, With without those two holding the Empire up, no one knows what to do, like, at all. Yeah. And you kind of see that. You see various leaders kind of grasping at straws for power. And the Republic is just... The New Republic and what remains the Rebel Alliance is just very centralized. Like, their leaders are clear. It's Mon Mothma. It's Leia Organa. It's Lando Calrissian. It's Han Solo. And in some ways, it's Luke, even though he goes off to do his own thing after Endor. But, yeah. Yep. That it is. So, you got anything else? Um, no, not really. Um, everybody, just keep watching Obi Wan. More, more, yeah. more cool things are happening in Obi Wan. This this episode was a doozy, I will say. Mm-hmm. So, right. curious where it's going to go after this. We only had three more right. episodes. I know. Um, I, I will say, I'm pretty sure when we get Tales of the Jedi, that new animated Dave Filoni is doing. So it's a six-episode miniseries. Three episodes is going to be about young Count Dooku before he turned to a Sith. And then three episodes will be strictly about Ahsoka, her upbringing. And then from what mm-hmm. we see in the teaser trailer, we might see the fight with the sixth brother. Yeah, that's what I saw, which would be interesting. To see that um, animated put on screen. It's like, this is how she got her white crystals. Because right. the fight's awesome. If you haven't read the Ahsoka novel... Because she fights this dude without a lightsaber. Yeah, it's really a testament to Ahsoka's power and how determined she is for her own survival. And, like, the Ahsoka novel is really a good story about how Ahsoka gets to where she is in Rebels and how she kind of comes into, like, okay, I'm not a Jedi, but what does that mean for me? What do I Mm. need to be for the galaxy? Um, Yep. And it's awesome. 
Well, if that's all, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. And may the Force be with you. Thank you for listening to Holocron Histories, Star Wars Canon versus Legends. You can find us on the Robots Radio Discord at robotsradio.net. You can also follow us on Twitter at SWHoloHistories and contact us at holocronhistories at gmail.com. Hi, I'm Aaron. And I'm Ariel. And we're the hosts of the Legend of Zelda Lorecast, a podcast about all things Legend of Zelda, from Errol to Zora, and all the fun things in between. If you're ready to dive deep and learn more about the Legend of Zelda lore and everything surrounding it, come join us on the Legend of Zelda Lorecast. You can find us on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google, or wherever else you get your podcasts. We hope to see you soon.